Well, hello there. This is Evangelist Timothy Gruber here at the Word of the King. Holiness Bibles for the Blind. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4 tells us that where the Word of the King is, there is power. We may say unto him, What doest thou? And today, in the Word of the King, uh, my brother Jay Wolfgang is going to bring forth a message to you, straight from the infallible, inerrant, perfect, preserved Word of God. Uh, I pray now, may the incredible seed of the Word of God, which lives in Abada forever, by the power of the Holy Spirit, minister to your soul. Lord Jesus, here we are again. It's Lord, your turn, Lord Jesus, to take, Lord Jesus, this message, Lord, that I'm about to bring, Lord, and Lord Jesus, for you, Lord, to take control, Lord. Lord, for you to, Lord, take and help those, Lord, that are about to hear it. Lord, and to help them to listen as though it may be their last time to listen. And Lord, to help me to preach as though it may be my last time. Because Lord, it may be in fact their last time to listen. And it may be in fact my last time to preach. So help us both, them to be attentive and me to preach like it may be our very last time because, Lord, it very well could be. So, Lord, we ask you to help us to do this. In your name, Jesus. Amen. All right. This is, of course, the message that wraps it up, as they say, for a series that God asked us to bring on the life of of Abraham. We've been going for now. This makes number nine. Part nine of the life of Abraham and Jesus take the wheel. And Tim, as we get you with your leaves ready on our last chapter, this time you get a little shorter piece to read tonight. You don't get to read the whole chapter. All you're going to need to read and be ready with as we get ready with our little theme song, is Genesis chapter 25, verses 1 through 11. Genesis chapter 25, verses 1 through 11, as we get ready to play our little theme song. And after the theme song, we'll have you read it as normal. And then we're going to get into our verses tonight with the last part of the life of Abraham and Jesus take the wheel. So we're getting to our theme song first by Carrie Underwood that takes us into our theme. Of course, Jesus, take the wheel. She was driving last Friday on her way to Cincinnati on a snow-white Christmas Eve. Going home to see your mama and her daddy with the baby in the back seat. Fifty miles to go when she was running low on faith and gasoline. It'd been a long, hard year. She had a lot on her mind and she didn't pay attention. She was going away too fast. Before she knew it, she was standing on a thin 
black sheet of glass She saw both her lives flash before her eyes She didn't even have time to cry She was so scared She threw her hands up in the air Jesus, take the into our final scripture for the last part on the life of Abraham, Jesus take the wheel, and part nine. So we'll have you go to Genesis chapter 25, verses 1 through 11.
man gave all that he had unto Isaac. Unto the sons of the concubines, which Abraham had, Abraham gave gifts, sent them away from Isaac, his son, while he yet lived eastward unto the east country. These are the days and years of Abraham's life he lived, 103 score and 15 years. And Abraham gave up the ghost, died in a good old age, an old man, full of years, gathered to his people. His sons, Isaac and Ishmael, buried him in the cave of Meshla, in the field of Ephron, son of Zohar, the Hittite, which is poor family. The field which Abraham purchased his sons death. There was Abraham buried, Sarah his wife. Came to pass of death of Abraham, God blessed his son Isaac. Isaac dwelt by the well of Horai. Well, Abraham, looks like in your latter life, you finally let Jesus take the wheel, didn't you? You notice something here interesting? See, he had other wives after Sarah. Not only did he take a regular wife, but he also had other concubines that he had children by that it says that he had. But when he sent them away, it didn't say he sent them away with just bread and water, does it? <laughs> I think the lesson that God taught him using Isaac on the altar, God taught him a valuable lesson about true sacrificial love as is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 3 through, I mean, verses 4 through 7. I think God taught him a lesson, said, if you're going to have love, you need to have a sacrificial kind of giving love. And so he learned that if you're going to have a love, you need to be more than just sending somebody away like a prisoner. You need to at least have enough love. That if, okay, if you're going to send them away, at least send them away decent enough, like a decent human being. And so what does he do? He sends them away with gifts. It says gifts, plural, gifts. At least he had more decency in his latter days before his death than he had with Hagar. <laughs> And I could see here that Ishmael, after his father's death, at least showed enough decency. Obviously, his children yet, though, being the ones who would not forgive, but at least Ishmael had enough decency with his brother Isaac, went and had the decency to bury their father where his mother was buried, Sarah. But my point is, in his latter days, it took, as it takes all of us, to learn the grace of God, it takes us 
to learn to allow Jesus to take that wheel. We all have that little problem. I've had it. We just want to reach over. We say we, we get Jesus to save us, but yet we want to reach over there. We want to be in the passenger seat. We want to reach over there and grab the steering wheel. Oh, God, this is I, I think, you know, God, your will be done, but, you know, I'd rather, I think I need to do this. This is what I think you'd really rather have for my life. No. Uh, don't you think you ought to be like a bus passenger way in the back seat? Enjoy the ride? <laughs> Let Jesus have complete control. Enjoy the ride, you know? How many of us that uh, that have been on the big inner city buses, I mean those big RTA buses, those real huge long buses that look like a Greyhound bus, how many of us would be sitting way in the back of a Greyhound bus but yet try to reach long rubber arms up there to try to grab the steering wheel of the Greyhound driver's bus steering wheel and try to drive that bus. Ridiculous. But yet that's what we try to do with Jesus. We try to tell Him how to steer our life. And yes, early in Abraham's... Wait a minute, don't go criticizing Abraham because we do the same thing. I've done it. I'm the first to admit it. I've done it. Hello, I'm guilty. I'm the first to raise my hand. Come on, how many of you are guilty? Raise your hand. I'm guilty. I'm the first. To, I'm guilty. I say, Jesus, I'm willing to say, oh, Jesus, well, your will be done, but I'm the first to reach over and grab the wheel. I'm the first one to reach over and try to push the pedals. Either push the accelerator on God. Oh, hurry up, God. Hurry up. I want you to do this. Wait a minute. It's supposed to be his feet on the pedals. It's supposed to be his feet on the steering, hands on the steering wheel. Let him do the driving. Sometimes, yeah, he'll take you through the neighborhoods where there's some of the most potholed streets, and you don't know why he's doing it. And sometimes ask, ask me. Ruth will tell you. There's times I'm crying out like, Lord, why in the world are you sitting on that porch with your hands across your chest and you got the red telephone like the president and you're not calling out the uh, armies of the angels that you have and you're letting the neighbor, the devil, kick my behind royal and I wonder why you're doing it. I'm the first to ask it. But I know, I know the situation. I know who's doing the butt kicking. It's the devil. I don't blame God. Okay? But I know that even though he's the one still in control and he's the one that's got his hands on the steering wheel, it is not my place to reach over and grab the steering wheel. Although I'd love to. I'd love to rush that steering I'd love to stick my foot on the pedal and say, come on, let me get the devil out of this bad road. But I know if I did, it might cause a wreck. That's the sad part. Abraham tried that early, and he made mistakes. It took him to the end of his life to learn that putting the gas on there just didn't work. <laughs> and we all have to learn that. It took him at the end of his life to realize that. So, we learned some things, a lot of things, in the life of Abraham. So what did we learn in this bunch of series. Let's kind of go back over it. A little, little rehash in part nine here. 
now that we've kind of went from his birth to his death, let's do kind of a rehash here as a recap. In chapter 11 is where we started. We found that Abraham was born, and he had a brother-in-law. Noah, it, it was not Noah and Lot skipping down the street. No, it was Abraham and Lot. And Abraham was finally commanded by God to leave his family and his kindred to go look upon a place, look for a place that he would not know of. And he stepped out on faith to go. He took, he took himself, his wife, his self, his wife, who was Sarah, which basically was like his stepsister, and he took off. He was willing to follow God on that point. Then we got to chapter twelve, and all of a sudden, what happened to him? Uh, we find the first little problem with Abraham. He tells the first problem with. Uh, the friend of God, Abraham, we find his first problem. He tells that little white lie that a lot of us are willing to do. Uh, None of us are perfect. We all, once in a while, want to tell those little slip of, oh, well, we won't get caught up in it. Oh, well, it's okay. Oh, well, she's just my sister. Well, she's also your wife, Abraham. And so he gets away with it. And so... He gets blessed even though he does do it. He gets blessed. Why? Because he's trying to save his own hide to do it. And then later, as time goes on, he's, he's still young enough that he could have a child. Sarah's young enough. And God promises him, as it said, that the child would come through his loins, his seed. But God did not promise at this point that it would be through Sarah's womb. So Abraham thinks, okay, well, hey, that can happen. But then all of a sudden, as the story went on, there was, of course, that battle that happened with Lot because Lot runs off to Sodom because their cattle gets too big. And then what happens? Sarah, of course, gets too old. At this point, Sarah's gotten too old. Can't have a child. And what does she do at this point? God had already now promised, yet still it's through Abraham's seed, and Sarah's had herself a gut belly laugh. Abraham's had a gut laugh. And yet God had made a promise. And what Sarah had done in chapter 16 is come up with this plan. Okay, well, maybe the way around this problem is through a second wife. Now, nowhere in that scripture did God say it was adultery or fornication. And God didn't say you were wrong for doing it, Abraham. Hello, churches. What the real problem was, was Sarah got a little upset because she got jealous that Abraham, that Hagar was able to conceive and she was not. That was the whole problem. Then all of a sudden, When she got finally jealous, we got up to chapter 22 because what happened is, once again, Abraham used his little white lie and it worked again. (laughs) 
he never seemed to learn from that. <laughs> and then what happened? When Hagar and her son was, her son's 14, Sarah finally has Isaac because of God's grace. All of a sudden, because God had to finally, wait a minute, Abraham, you and Sarah had it wrong. It was supposed to be through Sarah, not through Hagar. But even at that point, God never said, wait a minute, Abraham, you're also in sin because you had, no, nowhere did God say that. But all of a sudden, at 14, Sarah, because Hagar and her son is over there mocking and they're having all these jokes, so Hagar comes along and says, Sarah comes to Abraham and says, I want you to get rid of these two because they're not supposed to inherit. No question. The Israelite people are supposed to inherit. That's the land for the Jewish people. No question. But it was the way that they were pushed out. Common prisoner. Here, have some bread and water, wifey-poo. Uh, problem with that, okay? Then we go to, uh, then the very next few chapter we find what? God had to show Abraham, wait a minute. You need to love your children. It was right after that incident that God had to show Abraham, wait a minute. There's a difference between love and sacrificial, a sacrificial kind of giving love Okay, Abraham, do you love me? Or is it this child, this only child you have through Sarah, that you love more? So God says, okay, I'm going to put you through a test. So he says, offer him up on an altar. Now, mind you, what's interesting is he uses a test that is already happening around the area. There's other pagan religions that are doing the very same thing. They're offering up their kids to Buddha and false gods on altars. But Abraham knows that this is the real God that's asking him to do it. So he says, okay, I'll do it. And he comes up with this rhetorical answer to his son Isaac's question. Where is the lamb for the sacrifice? And he said, God will provide himself a lamb. Why? Because he knew it was Jesus who had told him to do it all along. He knew. So they go and do this sacrifice, and Jesus shows up on the scene as the ram, the sacrifice, the ram is offered. Thus God showed him, look, there's a real sacrificial kind of giving love. We come to Genesis chapter 25. Isaac has grown enough. We find that Abraham had also been teaching his servants all along his faith. He sends out the eldest servant. Now, to those out there who are listening, who may want to be a help, I've been called as Tim's quote, Abraham. Ruth has been called as Tim's quote, Sarah. Tim being the quote, Isaac in the story, Genesis chapter 24 looking for his, quote, Rebecca in the story. Those who want to be the, quote, eldest servant, hey, I can use the help. He's looking for his Rebecca. I, quote, send you out if you're willing to help, but I need your promise that you're not going to go outside 
of a couple things. A, she has to be a believer in Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah of Israel. B, you got to get a hold of it. Because <laughs> we're not going to put up with nothing outside of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. You got to get a hold of us. And uh, on, on the word of the king, he gives you a way to contact him. Also, you can contact us through the website and all that good stuff. Okay. Won't take time to do all that, but you can see it on the website how to contact us. Now, even on the bottom of the Word of the King page, there's a contact page there. Just go ahead. Also, missing rib link right there. Go ahead and contact. Now, then, at the end of that, the servant goes, he does just exactly what he had promised. He goes, he prays, the whole works. It comes to pass. He uses a fleece before the Lord. It comes to pass. Rebecca comes. Mary's Isaac. Sarah passes away, had already passed away. Then the very next chapter, here we are, tonight. Abraham had married another wife, There's, which shows, once again, when a husband has lost his wife, there's nothing wrong in remarriage. And at the same time, he had other wives, plural. The concubines. He had already other wives. Had children by them. But, as you could see, as I pointed out again, at least he learned his lesson with Hagar. He did not send them away just with bread and water. He sent them away with, quote, gifts, unquote. And then finally, at least Ishmael had a lot more decency than his dad. He worked with his brother to get his father buried. And so, we end this series with Abraham, the life of Abraham, and Jesus take the wheel with this statement. Each one of us need to consider this question. How have you been letting Jesus handle the wheel of your life? Are you letting him do the total control? Or are you just taking and trying to reach over do the control yourself? Lord Jesus, I want to thank you, Lord, for this series. I want to thank you for this time. Lord, it's been a long and tedious series. But, Lord, I do thank you for the lessons that we've learned. Lord, for those out there that have listened, we have asked you, Lord, over and over to help them to listen with an attentive ear as though it may be their last time. Lord, I ask you now for that soul that's nearest hell, Lord, that you would just touch them now tonight, Lord. And, Lord, that... For that person that needs you, Lord Jesus, most of all, that you would help them. And then, Lord, for that person who already knows you but has decided not to allow you to take their wheel of their life, we ask you for tonight that this would be their day, that they would finally reach out and say, Lord Jesus, I let it go. 
I let the wheel of my life go. I turn it back into your hands. I no longer want to take control. I'm tired of trying to do it on my own. I give the wheel to you. I thank you, Jesus, for this series. I thank you for Abraham, Lord, that even though he, a lot of people take him as a superhero, Lord, we do see his human side and his frailty. I thank you, Lord. Now, Lord, we turn the wheel of this invitation over to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, Tim, you want to take on the invitation tonight? Word of God declares, Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Word of God declares, that By the works of the law shall no flesh be justified in God's sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. The word of God declares, the first of the Ten Commandments. Who, what, is your God this day, sinner? The word of God declares, first and greatest commandment, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, all thy mind, with all thy strength. You have failed. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second commandment is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Have you always done unto others as you would do or have done unto you? No. You've not always done unto others as you would have them do unto you. Nor have you always loved the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. Ye must be born again. For it is written, But God commendeth his love toward us. Well, thank God for the good news, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. For the wages of sin is death. Revelation 21.8 says, But the fearful, and the unbelieving, and the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Ah, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Receive his gift by faith today, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. God manifest in the flesh, he rose from the dead. He's coming again, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Call upon him today. Oh, we're told, but as many as are the works of the law are under the curse, for cursed. Be everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them, we're told in the book of Galatians. Oh, but here it is. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved, and the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, shall cleanse you from all sin, for if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Menial, moral, sin, whatever you call it, all unrighteousness, God is faithful to forgive those who confess their sins to him through faith in Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection alone, for by grace he is saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, Call upon the Lord today. This is Evangelist Timothy Groover. Till next time, God bless you and yours.